0: Okay, welcome to another episode of our Dolls and Sense podcast. In our first episode for 2022, it's a topic close to everyone's heart in Singapore, buying a home. Okay, to share some good news with our listeners, Timothy just shifted homes and Angela is looking to make her first home purchase. So both of you guys are coming to this topic with a good and hopefully diverse perspective on the topic of buying your home or buying your first home. Uh, more specifically, to today's topic, you know we'll be discussing whether it makes sense to buy a HDB resale flat as our first home. Now the first question I really want to ask you guys is, we're in the midst of a pandemic, great uncertainties all around us, yet we are, we are seeing strong increases in property prices. And it's not just the private property market, it's also the resale HDB market, right? And I think Tim's article this morning, it went out, it shows over 20% increase in property prices since 2017. I think the resale HDB market has, has also been catching up in the last couple of years. Why, why has this really happened? I think the simple fact is that with the pandemic and especially with work from home,
1: people are starting to realize that, hey, you know what? I don't really need an office, but I still need a home. To work from and to live in and for the people who have a flat or have a home they want to have more space so they're upgrading to a bigger property and for those people who are maybe younger and or they're still staying with their parents they realize hey you know what i'm living at home with my parents i'm working from home with my parents i don't really want that hence you have an increase a a spike in demand for property and this is obviously leading to uh, higher property prices that said, I think we have to also accept that, you know, the graphs have shown that property prices has already been on an, on an uptrend, both in the private property market as well as the HDB resale market anyway in the last few years. So the pandemic has increased that demand, but it has always been going on an upwards trend for a
2: while already. I mean, it's not just the property market has been going up, right? In general, we can all have to accept that inflation is here right now, and it's not just a uh, Due to the pandemic, it's just material cost is going up, oil prices are going up, electricity is going up. So it's not just property prices.
1: I mean, there's obviously a supply shot as we can see, you know. Even HDB BTO flats are getting delayed to the point that I think the government even have to compensate some groups of buyers already.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with both of you, right? I just went to the HDB resale portal and you can see there's no HDB in Singapore available for sale actually.
1: And, and, and you know what that shows? That shows that actually, that second floor four-room Pongo flat at Pongo that's a little bit far from the MRT. wasn't exactly that bad a deal now that you think about it, because even that is being taken up when you have a situation where people just want to get a, a PTO home and they are less concerned about you know how far is it from the MRT, how far is it from town, especially if you're just working from home anyway.
0: No, I, I do agree, but my main point is, is this really based on market forces or is this a pandemic-related spike in the property market? And thereafter, I think the next point I want to make is that, you know, once the pandemic blows over, maybe it takes a year and a half more, I don't know how much time it may take, will we see a decrease then, you know, from the pandemic related spike?
1: I think prices may soften, the increase, uh, the steep increase that we're currently seeing right now may soften over the next, you know, few years if the pandemic is over, but I don't think, you know, you should expect or anticipate that prices will drop again. So yes, maybe once the supply comes in, material costs may soften again. But do you expect labour and material costs to actually go down, you know, to back where it was 10, 20 years ago? I don't think you should expect that. I think, in my opinion, quite unrealistic.
2: I mean, if you look at the previous property peak in 2013, in the immediate aftermath in 2014, there was a 5% drop in prices, all around there. And after that, it just, It was never a steep drop, it was just maybe a slight, maybe like half 1%, less than 1% kind of softening. After that, the prices just stagnated before coming back up again. So I don't think we can expect a very steep drop just because of the current cooling measures or even after the pandemic.
0: Okay, I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on this, right? But from the graphs that I saw, yes, Tim, you're right. Private property markets have been increasing since about 2017, so that has been an upward trend even before the pandemic. But if you see the resale HDB market, prices have only started ticking up after the pandemic, or right around the pandemic. So is there an artificial play in the resale HDB market that may may ease off or may disappear once the pandemic disappears? I mean, you you have a good point, and I think that is
1: actually the concern that many first-time home buyers are actually share that sentiment or that concern, which is that if they pay, you know, if you go to the resale market right now, you are paying, I think, a record price based on the property price index, right? If I'm going into the market now, we end up paying a price that will then, you know, reverse later on, you know, five years later, once the pandemic has ended and more supply come in. And I think, you know, that is a genuine concern that some people may have. And I wouldn't deny that that's a concern, but I think the key thing we should anticipate is that you know, expecting property prices to drop back to where it was, you know, maybe 10 years ago, it's not something that is, I can't say for certainty, but it's not something that is going to be very likely, right? As long as people are earning more in Singapore, as the need for a home is always going to be there, and like it or not, a HDB resale flat is the cheapest flat you can buy on the open market in Singapore. When you compare it to condo price, you know, a HDB price is actually a lot cheaper. And as long as people continue to earn more, which I think, you know, statistically, we are earning more each year, then, you know, we should not expect HDB prices to drop significantly.
0: No, I think I do agree with that, right? But, you know, Angela, I just want to ask you, since you are in the market for a resale HDB flat, I do agree, you know, that with within that prices are not going to... Go back to where it was 10 years ago. But what about one year?
2: Yeah, that's right. a big difference. Even in between the start of 2021 and the end of 2021, prices have jumped significantly. Yeah. Right? I was looking at
0: Topayo. It can easily be a mid five figure sum, right? Yeah. And, and in the space of one year.
2: In the space of one year, in the same district, same area, a flat currently asking for a three room, 400k, was probably sell, actually selling for about at the start of the year, start of last year versus the end of last year. Yeah, it's a huge difference.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing that, you know, I think any buyer needs to consider, right? When you buy a HDB flat today, you know, minimally you're going to be living for five years, probably more than that, right? So we, we should not be so concerned with like, you know, the fluctuation over a one, two year period, but we should think more about, you know, in five years time, in eight years time, in 10 years time. Do we think that this is a home that we want to live in? Can we afford to pay for it? And how HDB resale market kind of works is that it's in in the open market, right? So it takes its reference to some extent to the other flats or the other properties you can buy on the open market. That's something that anyone who who is waiting on the sideline who genuinely need a flat, should really consider that do they really think that property prices will drop again, 15, 20%. I mean, it's just like, you know, we share the analogy, right? It's just like thinking that, you know, chicken rice today at a coffee shop, about $4, right? 20 years ago when we were in secondary school, it was what, $2. So are we going to say that, hey, you know, maybe one day it will go back to $2 again? I think it's unlikely. What's more important is really buying a flat within your means. So if you are looking on a resale flat, like, you know, Angela, she's looking to buy a resale flat as a single, you know, you need to buy something that you reasonably can afford. And, you know, there, there could even be that potential that you one day could also join the BTO market.
0: Yeah, I think the other concept I really want to explore is, you know, the word expensive. It's, it's very tricky to, to say something is expensive yeah. without a reference to something else. So if we compare it to the BTO market, yeah, you know, some people may argue it's expensive. But the fact of the point is, the BTO market is not a free market, right? It's a market controlled by the government and to give subsidized flat to certain groups of people so it's not a free market that everyone can play with and in the same analogy as timothy do people want to buy two dollar chicken rice yes everyone wants to can they no not everyone can so and and we can only buy things that are available to us so if anyone's waiting on the sideline and you need to buy a home to live in you're going to have to play in the free market i personally i
1: think right that the problem with why people feel that the hdb resale price is is very high is because of the BTO comparison, right? So for example, you know, in the November 2021 BTO launch, a brand new forum flat at Aukang, you know, cost an average of about 342,000, right? So this is a brand new BTO flat, But during that same period, third quarter 2021, the median price for a forum hdb resale flat outcome is about 450,000 so that's about 31%. and that's kind of like the trend you know in jurong and in other estates as well. so that perception that a bto flat you know happens to be cheaper because it's priced by the government leads people to think that a hdb resale price is too high. right? but as you mentioned you know the a bto flat serves a very selected group of people, typically married couples, singaporean couples who are married. so even if you are married but you know, it's a Singaporean and a foreign spouse, you don't qualify for a BTO flat. The next cheaper option in Singapore is really a HDB resale flat. Unless you can qualify for a BTO flat, then it's a moot point.
0: Yeah, I mean, on that note, uh, you know, I actually did go on Property Guru, did a few search, and I just looked in Geylang, you know, an area that has HDB and also private properties. So, a four-room flat in Geylang has transaction or median transactions at $630,000. A similar property, which is a condo, is over $1 million. So that's kind of nearly double. And it's the same kind of throughout many different estates in Singapore, like Kalang Wampo, Bongo, and even Yishun. The private property equivalent is more than double. Double or more than double. So when we're talking about expensive place to live, we as individual can only buy, unless we fall into the BTO category, right? If we want to live, we can only buy condo or resale HDB. And from there, we need to think about what is expensive because that's the only comparison, actually. Yeah.
2: I, I think the, the point is that most people kind of forget that buying a resale flat, you actually get additional subsidies. Yeah. And that actually might make up for the difference, assuming that you're not looking at, I mean, assuming that you're looking at uh, maybe a non mature estate, resale flat versus a BTO flat in a non mature estate. Actually, it might make, work out to be a case that. Buying the resale flat, moving in immediately might make better financial sense because you get more subsidies, you can move in and therefore save on possible rental. And effectively you, you can get the best of both worlds, right? In this case. Yeah, no,
0: that's a great point, right? And it's also, you know, I wanted to lead into this in the next part of my question. You know, when you buy a resale flat, we can get government grants. But the other thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, Tim's article this morning. Um, he also talked about why we shouldn't maybe get the government grants when moving to a resale flat. So, maybe you want to elaborate what are some of the reasons why buying HDB resale flat is great, but we may not want to use the grants.
1: Yeah, I think generally speaking, a lot of Singaporeans, um, the ideal scenario if you're married young is that you buy a BTO flat, you use the subsidies you can as a first-time applicant, you get, you know, maybe a good price, a good subsidies as well. And then after that, you, you know, maybe sell it and you change to a resale flat that's maybe bigger or in a location that you prefer, maybe near the school, right? I think the other logic also works actually, right? So for example, for those of us who are single, that means age 35, and above, and we are not married yet, you know, we can also buy, we can buy a HDB resale flat, but we don't necessarily want to use grants, even if you qualify for it. And for singles, you know, the grant that we sometimes uh, can get is I think the single scheme, right? Uh, but just because you actually can qualify for the grant doesn't mean you should apply for it. And the reason is because if you apply for the grant as and you buy a resale flat as a single and you apply for the grant, you actually lose your first time eligibility as a applicant. Like Right. So as opposed to if you don't use the grant, so you just basically pay market value without any government subsidy. Yes, it may be a little bit more expensive than you would have paid if you had the grant. But what it also means is that after you serve out the five years MOP, assuming you get married, you serve out the five year MOP, you can still apply for a BTO flat as a first time applicant, and that's equally good as well. Because what happens is that you have now you have the flat, you know that you you will stay for five years. Maybe you get married during that period and after your 5-year MOP, you can apply for a BTO flat if you're successful. Then you know, you maybe take about 3-4 years to wait for the flat to be ready and you still have a house to stay at during that period of time. Which means you can also sell it and then you can move to your BTO flat thereafter. And that's a very good outcome actually.
0: I think that's great. I mean, it sounds logical in theory, but I guess Angela, since you are in that process, maybe let's just ask you, you know, my, my questions I have is, you know, we have to buy that HDB resale flat. We still have to sell out the 5-year MOP, right? And if we go on to buy the BTO in the future, like Tim mentioned, that's at least a four to six year wait if you want to get a new estate coming up. So that's kind of like planning 10, maybe slightly more than that, into 10 years into the future. So the question really is, if you are going out there to buy a resale HDB flat today, should you buy something you want to live in forever and see yourself living in forever? Or should you really go in thinking that, hey, you know what? I'm only going to live in this flat for like 10-ish years. And then after that, I'll move into my BTO.
2: I mean, that's kind of the question i'm struggling with right now because if i'm really thinking about like really buying a bto after i would definitely go for the most affordable flat i can get right now and just live in it right yeah so maybe like a three room as most affordable three room that i can find that is in an area that i like but that doesn't give me a lot of flexibility in in the case that Maybe I serve out the five years MOP. I'm still single, and now I find that the flat is too small. Because and and
0: in the early scenario, you are kind of forced to buy with someone else. That means you get married or find uh, another family member to buy and form that family nucleus with, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. And that might not happen.
0: But I don't see how that's different from someone
1: else who buys a BTO flat first. They have that certainty of having that family nucleus already (laughs) They don't have that certainty, right? So for example, someone could buy a flat under the fiancé-fiancé scheme Which is maybe at that point in time, they're not yet married Because at that point,
0: they have the choice to buy a resale flat But they chose to buy a BTO Whereas the other group of people do not have that choice to buy a BTO flat. No,
1: but regardless, when you choose to buy a BTO flat, you have to wait for the BTO flat to be ready. Exactly. That's a three to four years wait, and then you have to serve out the MOP as well. Whereas if you buy a resale flat today, and just assuming you are single, 35, and you buy a resale flat today, you know, you own, I mean, you get the flat immediately. So that's five years.
0: No, I, I totally agree with you, which is why my question actually is, should you buy a resale flat today, thinking you're gonna buy that retail in the future, or should you buy a resale flat today thinking you're gonna stay there forever, right?
1: I think that you should buy a resale flat today that's firstly within your budget, I think that's important, and secondly, based on your needs today.
2: I agree that it has to be based on your current needs because those it's what's most important to you right now. the likelihood of you predicting correctly what's gonna happen in almost ten years later. It's probably five years,
1: right? Actually, five this, years. It's, it's actually five years. It's not five
2: years. years. Yeah. Five years later, it's it's quite low. I mean, a lot of things can happen in five years. You will never know the pandemic is coming. I mean, I guess that's why there's always a resale market, right? Because people are constantly upgrading and downsizing depending on their needs. But Tanisha, I just want
1: to ask you, like, yeah. do you think a HDB resale flat isn't a good option as a starter home for you
0: know couples or singles? I think the best starter home is really a HDB BTO, right? I mean. I think no one was going to argue against it but if you're not eligible to join or access that market then you have no option other than a condominium or HDB resale and given those choices I think the best starter home or the better starter home probably something more affordable when you're younger so the HDB resale flat is definitely the better option for a starter home.
1: Yeah, I do think one of the concerns that some Singaporeans do have is the fact that, you know, the income ceiling, right? So the logic here is that when you're younger, you're more likely to earn less. And when you're older, and this is a good problem, by the way, you know, your income ceiling might, you know, combined income may easily exceed 14000 if you're lucky. And then it makes you ineligible to, you know, not only not be able to get a BTO flat, but you can't even get the HDB family grant if you buy another resale flat. Exactly. So I think that's the reason why a lot of people just tend to want to use, you know, either their BTO chances or if they buy a resale flat, their family grant first, because they don't know if they would still be eligible for those grants in the future. I think with singles, you know, I think the argument here is that grant subsidies may not be very high. So, so if It's actually use,
2: less, slightly less than if you put two singles together. It's actually slightly less than a couple's, the amount of grants given to a couple.
1: Yeah. So it might be more logical in the long term, if you're buying a flat as a single, to actually choose not to use any grants so that, you know, you retain your first-time eligibility as an applicant and giving you a bit more option in case if you get married you know, or you want to apply with a flat with your parents in the future, you still can in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess my, my one point to add on to that is that if you are intending to go down that strategy, let's say you're not uh, able to access the BTO market, but you want to at some point in the future, you want to buy a resale HDB flat. Because if you buy a private property, then you're constrained you know, for, by further measures such as you know you have to wait thirty months before you, you are able to access the BTO market after selling a private property. So there are other constraints as well. So so that's why that just lends more weight into buying that resale HDB flat when you're a bit younger, a bit more uncertain about your future. That that's a really good reason if you intend to go down the BTO route in the future. Yeah, and I think you know for listeners out there, you know um, you can see that you know we've had a vibrant debate. We agree, disagree on certain points, but I guess at the end of the day, my perspective is I think we can only play in the market we can access. So all of us obviously ideally would want to pay a lower price, but we can only play in the markets. Even in the BTO markets, and even that the, we can access. Yeah, Dinesh is absolutely right, right? Even in the BTO market, you
1: can see that property prices has kind of increased yeah. a little bit compared to, you know, if we bought it four or five years ago. And I think a lot of the in my opinion, some of the frustrations sometimes pertaining to like HDB resale flat is that people used to lament about how it used to, you know, cost, you know, half the price of what it is today 15, 20 years ago. But, yeah. you know, unfortunately, like it or not, you know, inflation does come into play here. You know, everything is more expensive today. The other thing which I think we didn't mention is the rental market, right? So the rental market is indeed an option for people who are looking for housing solution. But as a lot of, some of us are finding out uh, recently, you know, the rental market is expensive, right? So it becomes a situation where you might be better off buying a HDB resale flat, you know, maybe even paying more than you want to, but then when you count the mortgage, you know, you're actually paying less than if you rent that same HDB flat. And I think that is something that, you know, it's also worth thinking about, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I guess yeah for Angela that's uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm resigned know. to the
2: fact that I cannot access the PTO market right, right. now. Yeah. But but what about
1: advice for people who are in similar situation? Like like how do you process your thought process when it comes to identifying the right resale flat for yourself?
2: I think it's partly is affordability. That's the number one concern, right? It's whether I can afford that flat. Because it's not just but whether prices are expensive, whether I have the sufficient means to afford it. And like you mentioned, when the rental market is actually an option to help you afford your mortgage in a way. You can buy a four room and rent out one bedroom and it can create some, generate some cash flow that help you finance that, that mortgage.
1: I think Angela makes a good point because if you talk about couple buying a HDB flat, typically that means there's at least two of them, You know, before any kids come. So there's at least two person living in most HDB flats. If you think about it, from, the, from that point of view that you have to apply with your spouse. right? I but think according at, to the
0: population census, about 3.2 people though, in yeah, one HDB you know, flat, right? Probably with <laughs> a
1: kid and, yeah. and maybe an elderly parent. But if so, if you think about it, if a single is buying a HDB flat, it actually makes sense that they should at least rent one room up to maybe another single. That could bring in an income of maybe about 7. Hundred to eight hundred dollars, depending on where the location is. So if you use a bit of your CPF money to pay for the mortgage, plus that seven to eight hundred dollars, I think that actually covers the bulk of you know a lot of HDB loans that you might be taking. Of course, you know if you prefer to have the whole house to yourself as one person, then you have to bite the bullet and you know you, you probably have to you know, uh, pay everything on your own.
0: Yeah, I will say if you want to buy a flat, always think about what Angela said. You know affordability. You know, prices went up 20-30% to 30% in the last one to two years. Tim doesn't see it going down in the next one to two years. I also don't see it going down but in a situation where it goes down in the next one to two years 20-30%, to 30%, you don't want to be left in a situation where you can no longer afford that flat right and you have to fork out maybe additional principal to cover the mortgage. So you don't want to be left in that situation so always think about affordability and I think that's, that's quite important. And the last thing I want to leave our listeners with is that we usually also always write articles About content related to Or on the topic That we're discussing On our podcast So please feel free To go to our website And read more about What Tim wrote About this particular topic Thanks guys Thanks
2: Thanks